What is up, Gen X? Welcome back to the water cooler. Uh, humorous week uh, this past week. Quite a bit to to catch up on. You know, one of my favorite things that happened this week. I don't know if you saw this, but our, our buddy AOC was back spouting off on on Twitter and with her veiled socialistic leanings and this time she sort of exploited her grandmother her abuela to make her point and she uh, posted a picture presumably from abuela's house and and it was in some uh, some dire shape and it was her comment was something along the lines of thank you president trump for ignoring puerto rico since the hurricanes i think maybe even from back like maybe 2017 and you know my my abuela has to live in these conditions and the blah 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 you know waiting for the government to come help well the obvious criticism for our dear friend aoc on this one is the fact that she is a member of the house of representatives who earns more than one hundred thousand dollars a year and drives a tesla you would think someone of that stature whose abuela was in such squalid conditions would be able to do something and able to help their dear abuela but no 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 aoc chose instead to take the high road and criticize a no longer in office president to make some veiled point i don't even really know what the point is i mean she was she trying to advocate that help come now or is just a cheap shot? I, I don't know. But my favorite part of the whole story is our, our buddy Matt Walsh from the Daily Wire uh, took this opportunity to do some brilliant trolling. Although I, I, I am not one that likes the overuse of the term trolling when it comes to all things Internet. But uh, he, he did something that was quite brilliant and he set up a GoFundMe campaign for AOC's dear abuela and in a matter of hours they raise about a hundred thousand or so to help dear old abuela fix her house that was in disrepair you know since the hurricane you know since AOC wasn't going to going to do it but in the point or in the process he established a, a great point that was even punctuated by the family of AOC themselves, because after the the money had been raised, uh, GoFundMe had sent a note back to Matt Walsh saying, in effect, that the the family had rejected the the help that was being offered through GoFundMe, and that all donors would receive a refund, and blah blah blah. So the obvious point is that AOC would rather the government reach out and help and give money to her abuela rather than she herself helping out abuela or strangers who are willing to donate and help abuela and the community. Very, very shrewd point that was made by by Mr. Walsh. And I, I thought that was that was absolutely brilliant, you know. And it's it kind of underscores the dichotomy in our in our country between those who look to the government for all things help and those who prefer to have the government get out of their way and let us be 
to it left to our own devices and you know coming from a generation such as ours you know that's in the camp that i fall i, I come from the leave me alone party whoever is going to offer me that the government will leave me alone they are going to be getting my support and that's certainly not aoc's democrat party uh so that's that's it as far as the my, my my favorite story for the week i thought that was pretty great well done matt walsh kudos to you tip of the cap to you sir now in our inflation be damned update um i saw some some interesting stories as we continue careening toward a cliff as far as inflation is concerned um it was regarding the 2.3 trillion dollar infrastructure plan that is making the rounds and apparently president biden called off all help that republicans were offering and, and you know, to come to some kind of consensus and and compromise you know for a bill uh, he, he cut off in, any of their input and he's preferring to go it alone which is kind of par for the course uh, if you hearken back to the obama years the much was the same whether it was was Obamacare or anything else, you know they they did not want input from the minority party. They they wanted to to do things uh, solo, which in their world, to be fair, is is what they call bipartisan. You know, you know partisanship only exists from from the from the right, as far as they're concerned. But regarding that two point three trillion dollar infrastructure plan that's making the rounds you know there's some a little bit of murmurs that are coming to the surface regarding how this is another attempt to dismantle the suburbs now if you harken back to a year ago when the blm riots uh, were happening throughout the summer there was this concern that you know they're going to make their way to the suburbs and 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 start destroying and taking what's theirs and the the response to that was, oh, that's racist. Well, of course it's racist. I mean, that's what, the, of course, they're going to say. But that, you know, no one wants to take away the suburbs and blah, 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 you know, and, you know the, the, the tired narrative that you hear. Well, apparently, embedded within this $2.3 trillion infrastructure plan is the the attempt to sort of almost do away with single-family housing zoning. Um, this is what tends to be called, you know, exclusionary housing. You know, it's where, you know, neighborhoods are zoned for single-family homes only. You know, they're not, you know, zoned for, uh, you know, large population buildings, you know, like, you know, apartment buildings and, and condos or essentially like subsidized housing ultimately in government housing is for, you know, single-family homes, you know, with a house and a lawn and a garage and all that kind of good stuff. But, you know, that's seen as, of course, racist. It's 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 as seen as uh, exploiting the poor and and excluding excluding minorities, and so this infrastructure plan includes some tax credits and grants to local governments who are willing to uh, sort of unwind the exclusionary housing uh, zoning laws uh, within their neighborhood. Now, of course, this doesn't apply to the neighborhoods of Greenville, Delaware, you know, where the Biden family resides. You know, this is, of course, only rules that would apply to others. But they, this would effectively, you know, you know, give gover local governments financial incentives to 
sort of abandoned uh, the notion of of single family housing in neighborhoods and and allow sprawling uh almost like ghetto type buildings right like you it's something that you would see in in russia or or in 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 europe or or other places around the country or around the world that are these sprawling apartment buildings with you know government subsidizes and and the notion of, of single family home ownership would would gradually fade away and that also kind of dovetails with the trending of BlackRock. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, which is interesting. It's, it's something I, I need to look into a little bit more. I'm very interested in in what's being said here, um, and I'll, I'll certainly follow up on it. But apparently, the, you know, this investment uh, firm BlackRock has been very aggressively in buying up, you know, s- single-family homes, or not even just single-family, but just um, real estate listings at you know 20 to 50 percent above uh, listing prices you know so you know people are putting their homes on the market and you know big investment uh, firms like BlackRock are are swooping in and and paying a premium for it and you know there's this outcry because it's taking away opportunities and this is, makes a lot, a lot of sense why there would be a backlash to it but it's taking away opportunities for you know, regular people to come in and, and buy a home like normal because now you have this huge conglomerate coming in and buying it up at a premium and and now those people who are looking to buy a starter home or or to upgrade a home for their expanding family they're not having the opportunities to do that right now because you know interest rates are very very low and and they're coming in there and swooping in and buying it up and you know you can only speculate as to as to why now there's a, a, a couple of ways you could go with that you know the cynic in you says you know that they're going in there even at a premium they're they want to go in and buy as as an in, inflation skyrockets to make a play on it and it's a it's a opportunity for arbitrage and and you know have a have a no risk return on it and particularly if if they're and this is what i need to understand a little bit more but if they these investments are if they're subsidized by the fed or if if they're being backed by the fed where if this thing goes belly up that they're going to be bailed out because of the implications that it has, you know, that's obviously concerning. Um, so we will see. I th- there's, it's, I think, too early for me to draw any conclusion one way or the, or the other. But this, in light of of the trillions of dollars of spending that are being proposed, I think it's it's very interesting. And and I'll I'll update that as the as the weeks go by. But you know, even this past w- week, you know. Uh, Janet Yellen was proposing, you know, that they they print even four trillion dollars more, you know, just just make it rain. And the the implications for uh, inflation are just they have it has me terrified, you know. For those of us who've been you know working since our teens and have been saving and looking forward to retirement, it just seems like it is another one of these things where we Gen Xers are going to be squeezed out, you know, whether it was coming into an unideal or less than ideal job market when we graduated college or buying our first homes when just before the real estate market uh, crashed in 2008 and yeah we, we always tend to be right 
on the edge of when when you know we, we get bit and this seems to be another one of those that just it just has me very very concerned and we'll we'll keep an eye on it here at the water cooler um, but i just thought the the black rock thing it's, it just bubbled up recently i thought it was very interesting and and we will keep our eyes on that there were more uh, lab leak updates uh, this past week. I thought which were very interesting. Um, first, I, I saw that in in May 2020, uh, right when you know social media behemoths like Facebook and those were were censoring any any posts related to you know pointing the COVID outbreak as uh, you know coming from a lab. Not even say weaponized on purpose by the Chinese government, but uh, just the fact that it could have come from the from the lab. You know, they were censoring these stories. But in May of 2020, the uh, Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in California uh, they had, had did some looking into this, and they it was their opinion at the time, and this was over a year ago, that a leak this you know coming from a lab it seemed quite plausible and and needed more attention of course you know it was sandbagged in the media and in in social media circles but uh, you know they they drew on the genomic analysis you know based on you know looking at it from a genetic standpoint that the the virus the covid-19 virus was not something that would occur in nature and that it would look like you know that you know, the eight, I believe it was the H1N1 virus with some bet uh, spike proteins uh, attached to it and that's something that was would not have occurred in nature uh, likewise also saw that, that you know this past week an oxford study reports that coincidentally no bats or pangolins were sold in the wuhan wet market at the time of the outbreak which i thought was fascinating because if you take yourselves back a year and a half when this started bubbling up in in China, and and you thought, oh great, really? China has another virus. I mean, we've we've seen so many of these before: swine flu, bird flu, SARS, H1N1, and the list goes on. Most of them seem to originate in China, and you think, well, and the, and the narrative at the beginning was it's a, it's coming from this wet market, and you think, dude, China, what are you doing? You know, what what are you reading bats and whatever else that you know that that was the first narrative that came out. And almost as soon as you started asking questions as to how this could have happened, you learned that, well, this area in, in China, in, in Wuhan, is home to this virology lab that that researches this exact type of virus. And you thought, oh, well, boy, wouldn't that be the most unfortunate coincidence if <laughs> if they came from this wet market where there happens to be a virology lab around the corner. But now, despite the protests of, of Dr. Anthony Fauci to the contrary, it seems much more likely than not that this did come from the lab, which, of course, anybody with any kind of half-skeptical brain thought you know, for, for a year plus, even though we were counted as kooks and conspiracy theorists and, and on down the line. But it was clear that this is probably seems to be much more probable than the bat soup narrative, and every study and you know that comes out since then seems to confirm that. Even studies a year plus ago seem to confirm that, even though we were being lied to all along and told that you know we, we were being gaslit, said that you know we were crazy and we were conspiracy theorists and 
and this, this, and that. But uh, that that's how that that thing went down. But you know, we 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 continue to let ourselves be lied to, and we continue to be cool with it. We continue to accept this nonsensical circular logic that as as things begin to open, particularly here in in the Chicago area and the state of Illinois should be opening, you know, this coming Friday. And we accept this narrative that you know, that masks prevent the spread. They also somehow prevent the the contraction of the virus. All the while we're told that no, in fact they don't. Even from Anthony Fauci himself said, you know, the drugstore masks don't you know, stop spreading or contraction. We're also told that uh, you know, six feet apart is what we need to we need to be. But if we're we're vaccinated, we don't need to be. But in, if we're uh, and that you you can't spread it. And it, but uh, but maybe you kind of. I mean, everything just contradicts itself, which again makes me think that really to the core. There are so many people that just don't know what they're freaking talking about, and and those who we rely on, those who we look at, look to as experts, just don't know and didn't know since the beginning. I don't know why we're continuing to, you know, put them on a pedestal and act as though they're experts. Anthony Fauci first and foremost. Uh, but uh, that's what we've done. That's that's the route that we've chosen, and it certainly does not seem to have done us any good. But hopes on the horizon. We seem to be opening up, uh, you know, soon, at least here in the United States, and and it looks like I'll be looking forward to going back to work like normal you know, right after the July Fourth uh, holiday, and we'll see how how that goes. I know my kids are anxious for it. You know, they they want life back to normal. They they got tired of the remote nonsense and the and the shelter in place very very early so that that should be met with applause it's long overdue i mean we should have done this long long time ago i mean once we realized that this wasn't exactly what we were being told it was you know we 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 should have been willing to to make that make that call and 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 change course a lot earlier than we did but again it's not easy when you're being lied to and then and some who are just willing to take the government at their word Okay, lastly here, I, I, I thought it was interesting, uh, continuing the saga with our esteemed incompetent Mayor Lori Lightfoot in the city of Chicago. Uh, a court has asked her you know, and wants an explanation for her policy in only granting interviews to reporters of color as she approaches her two-year mark. Again, anybody with a, with a functional brain knows that that is the epitome of racist um, but in her mind it's not you know she wants to give the opportunities to uh, reporters of color as she says or for uh, you know, women and you know, gay or transgender reporter you know i mean if, if that's your preference fine you know ha- have somebody who's a minority interview i don't really care but when you come out there and you wear it as a badge of honor. It's, I don't think it means what you think it means. In my mind, you come off as a racist, and and maybe that's because you kind of are a racist, there, uh, Mayor Lightfoot. Um, but you know, court has asked her to to give an explanation, and I think it it really just kind of underscores this this division that is being you know driven day after day after day and it's just exhausting to watch 
And there, although there seems to be be a little bit of a groundswell, which is encouraging, there were people are starting to wise up to uh, critical race theory um, as it you know know, permeates schools and the workplace. That critical race theory is little more than racism; it's codified racism, and it's being taught uh, to our children. It's being uh, promoted in in our workplace, and it just it needs to be rejected on its face. And it's, it's particularly offensive to me as a member of what the Gen X uh, generation. I mean, for those of, of us who grew up in the post-civil rights era, you know, we were taught from infancy not to look at race and to not judge people by race. And I think that we, as Generation X, in stark contrast to the generations prior to us, because you know they grew up in a in a you know, much different uh, uh, culture. You know, we were taught from the very beginning to not judge and to you know to look at people as individuals and to judge them as individuals. And I I know I for one, and I think we as Gen X took that to heart, and that that's the way we have have lived our entire lives. That's the way we've raised our kids. But now, like on a dime, we're told that. Not only should we not just ignore, you know, say you know, we shouldn't be looking at people at race, but we're now told that we need to only look at race, which I find bizarre. The, the fact that you have credible uh, colleges and universities having segregated graduation ceremonies. I mean, that just makes my head spin. I mean, I can't, I don't get it. It just flies in the face of everything that I've been told and taught growing up. You know, my high school was extremely diverse. You know, we had all, all races represented and I didn't care. And I had friends, you know, who, who represented many different backgrounds, and I didn't care. I know my kids do, and, and they don't care either. But now we're taught to to care. We're taught, and and you know those who are are white are taught to hate their background. They're taught to that that they by birth are are racist. That they by birth are oppressive, and to to hate them hate themselves for it, and and. And white men are, ta- are taught to hate their gender in addition to that. It's just, it's just so evil. I, I, I can't wrap my minds around how we got here. It's really, really bizarre. Um, and it just, it, it totally offends my, my sensibilities as a Gen Xer. Particularly in, in life, when you see people out in, in the public arena behaving the exact opposite to what the message that they're uh, that they're putting out there case in point our our good buddy hunter biden you know when he's not uh impregnating a stripper or being involved in a a crooked business dealings in the ukraine and russia and china uh it, he's apparently likes to write very very racist emails to his <laughs> attorney or whoever he was doing. I, I don't know if you saw this story but his emails were you know, came to the surface this past week where it, can, it contained the N-word many, many, many times in reference to his, I believe his, his attorney or whomever he was dealing with. 
I just I I don't I don't understand it. And you know, to the to the uh, ignorance is bliss of the of the media out there, you you probably didn't even hear this. You know, that's not something that is no, newsworthy. You know, much like a Democratic governor in blackface isn't isn't newsworthy. But uh, you, they don't shy away from you know guilt by association and and you know canceling people for being racist even when they're not. But Hunter Biden, this comes up and it's completely ignored. And that double standard, that hypocrisy just makes me ignore him. I just, it just makes me write him off and say, you're full of crap and I'm not going to listen to what you're saying. And another example of that is this past weekend, it came to like this Yale professor who in prepared remarks, no less, conveyed the idea that when she sees white people, she wants to shoot them in the head. I mean, this wasn't something that was off the cuff. This was a professor at Yale who said this on purpose in prepared remarks. I mean, it's just stunning stuff. I mean, who thinks that? Who is that evil? Who is that hateful? Where they would say that about anybody and think that about anybody, much less actually say it out loud. It's just stunning. But yeah, she did. And we, I mean, there's a little bit of a dust up from from people with functional brains, but not, certainly not the outcry that you would expect a sentiment like this to 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 wash up. Uh, and likewise, there was a a Twitter blue check mark who you know came out against cancel culture. And and if I have this correct, this may have even been that one moron associated with the New York Times who. Who was very bad at math and you know said that you know, the you know, with you know the spending on the you know covert relief that not going to the right people could give every American you know hundred million dollars or whatever it was and came out that she doesn't know math and she's a moron. Well, this same moron uh, was start was railing against cancel culture and and this I thought was very astute on her behalf. Uh, she said, you know, we need to get away from calling it cancel culture and we need to refer to what it really is which is consequence culture and boy you know when, when someone is that bad at math you know you really need to listen to what she says because you know it's going to be something good and so we need to follow her lead and and take it to heart and and stop calling it cancel culture and start calling it consequence culture because really that's what it is right it's consequence culture and the consequence, what is the consequence, you ask? Well, that's a good, good question. See, the consequence is being canceled. So it's not cancel culture, it's consequence culture when the consequence is being canceled. I think I got it. I think I got that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mull that one over, but thanks to that uh, blue check mark in, in, on Twitter of giving us another example of why we need to completely ignore them. You know, these people are dishonest, they're liars, they're charlatans, whether it's a blue check mark on Twitter or a Yale professor or Hunter Biden and the media that just laps up their nonsense. They're full of crap. And their latest pile that they're trying to shovel our way is this critical race theory nonsense. And you know me as a Gen Xer in particular, I'm just I'm rejecting all of that nonsense, and I would certainly encourage you to do the same. So with that, I am going to get back to work because I'm taking the day off at the end of the week this week because Wrigley Field is going back to 100% capacity, and I for one am going to be in attendance for this sort of second opening day, and I'm going to be attending it with my son who's ecstatic. 
to go and we can actually sit in our regular seats and enjoy life with just a little bit of normalcy. It is long deserved. We've, we've been there with some partial attendance and that's been nice, but it's going to be therapeutic to have that they have the old girl at full capacity and i'm going to enjoy that and go get ready for that so i'm going to take my water i'm going to get back to work and i will see you next time till then stay cool gen x